0: Oh, I'm excited today. Third Vision Sunday. Don't go quiet on me this morning, because I'm going to get louder if you're quiet. Arise, part three. Vision Sunday, part three. We've talked about Arise and Shine, week one. Week two was Arise and Build. And week three is Arise and Go. God has called us to go. He's called us with a plan and a purpose It says in... In um, the Great Commission, it says, "Go out into all the world and make disciples." That's the calling upon every single one of us. You might notice on your seats this morning. I'm going to take a bit of time and talk a little bit about missions and some of the things that we've been doing before I get into the Word this morning. But you may notice on your seat there is some brochures here which articulate what we are supporting with missions. It's incredible what we have achieved. And I want to give you a bit of a half-yearly report on missions. We started on the first of July 2018 with a I guess a new missions program and areas that we were giving and supporting to. And I want to let you know about some of the areas that you have given to this far in the year. You can see on your brochure that there is projects. There's local, national and international. And there's a whole bunch of people that we support throughout that time. And just on a side note, as I'm mentioning this, Jeanette Browning, as we've prayed for this morning, she is okay. She's had some bruising. A motorcyclist um, actually ran into her and so she's had a nurse kind of uh, look at her. But apparently from what I'm I'm hearing, um, she's got some bad bruising. But apart from that, she is okay. And so I also just wanted to mention that I really have had her on my heart over these last couple of months and I really would love us to receive an offering in the next few months towards the work that she's doing in Guinea and be able to really support her over there as well. And so that's exciting. So we'll make you aware of that in the coming months. We'll do that. Perhaps even the next Mission Sunday, we'll just see what we've got planned. But we'd really love to support her and the great work she's doing. But keep praying for her. She is doing well. Our other missionaries and people like John Owen, Steph McDonald, and our working in compassion in the northern Philippines, there's plenty of things on here that you can see all the areas that we support. So let me give you a bit of an update on some of the things that you have done over this last six, seven month period. If you look at the half yearly report, if you look at what we've done just with projects, here's some things we've given to our drought relief through relief aid, We've given towards Western Air Ministries, which is a hay run for farmers, helping people in our our local area, New South Wales and Queensland, being able to really impact farmers and be able to help those people that are going through the drought. We've obviously been praying, but we haven't just been praying. We've been giving financially towards these areas as well. In fact, you've been giving towards these areas. It's been incredible to see the amount that has come in. We have given 95 boxes from City Church to Operation Christmas Child. In the last six month period, we've given 60 gifts to Angel Tree, which is an incredible organization which is about helping people that are incarcerated in prison, being able to give gifts towards their children, which they can't give at Christmas time. So 60 gifts were given towards that. We've seen donations to Mountain Scare, things like Mary Court's shopping tour, which was incredible, and some funds that have been raised there, which has been amazing. We've given towards primary school scripture in the Blue Mountains as well. We've seen our uh, young people that have been supported to go to summer camp, which has been amazing to see the donations that our church has given towards that, and just donations and then people being sponsored to go. We have a program called the Fusion Breakfast Program that Dan Russell uh, runs and oversees here in the Blue Mountains. And uh, he's in three high schools every week where he goes in and runs a breakfast program with an incredible team. I think it's in Springwood High, Blackstone High, Winmalee High. And he's in there just making sure young people are fed and connected with, which is absolutely incredible. You probably didn't even know that this happens. And so these are some of the projects we've given towards. Locally, we've given towards uh, Mountains Care, so let me tell you some things you've done through Mountain Care. 360 homeless hampers is in the last six months towards the community foundations in Penrith. So we're not just Mountain Care; we go beyond the mountains uh, into Penrith as well. That's amazing, I love that. And we see 28 hampers to local community throughout the year here in the Blue Mountains. We've seen 120 Christmas hampers delivered, 80 of which were sent to the Wynmalee Neighbourhood Centre. And we've done 12 street team events. This is just in the last six-month period that this has taken place. This is what you've done. I'm just reporting what's already taken place. Christmas Under the Stars, we've seen an incredible amount of money that was raised towards Christmas Under the Stars this year, which meant that it was fully covered by a business sponsorship and the sponsorship of people throughout the church, which is incredible, considering that when we did it two years ago, it cost the church $29,000. It cost us not a cent this year how incredible is that that's amazing absolutely incredible and so the money towards that and we're already starting to accumulate towards this year's event and we are going to go bigger and better than ever before this year i'm really excited about christmas under the stars this year which is exciting So that's coming up with Christmas Under the Stars. 180 TC, we continue to support towards 180 TC. The Sunday that we had the bike ride, we gave just on that Sunday alone $2,385 towards people that are uh, in need and obviously going towards the Sydney to the Hunter bike ride, which is incredible. And we continue to give a monthly support towards that. Youth Alive. Youth Alive, New South Wales, just to make you aware, and across the nation, this is all about helping young people connect with Jesus Christ, helping youth pastors be resourced, and churches to be able to reach young people more than ever before. Before I get too far into Youth Alive, I just want to say one thing on Christmas under the stars. I just wanted to honour L. Brower, who was the person that was behind all the sponsorship and organising all of that with businesses. And I just noticed your face in the crowd, and I just want to say you did an incredible job, L absolutely amazing. She really drove that, getting out to business sponsorships and and people that are outside of the church as well. And I just think that's the way of the future for us to really see uh, this event grow in Jesus' name. But Youth Alive, we've seen um, some local United We Stand events, which is events that are done all around different regions, regions around our nation. And these events are designed to be able to have an opportunity in them where people can accept, young people can accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. So our local event had 360 young people in attendance just in our little region. And uh, we we have seen over that time uh, an incredible amount, 27 decisions for Jesus that were happening on that night. So 360 young people, 27 decisions for Jesus. That is worth a hand. That is exciting. But get this, that's just our little patch of grass. Across the nation, there was 48,913 young people that attended a United We Stand event in youth ministries across Australia. And there was 4,927 decisions for Jesus. Come on, how good's that? And we invest into that. We sow into that financially. And I just think that's incredible. There's a whole bunch of other facts and figures there which are amazing as well. Obviously, Australian Christian Churches is our movement that we belong to. In fact, when we went to plant our service at Lawson, the Australian Christian Churches gave us $3,000 towards that launch, which helped us to be able to pay the rent towards that building for pretty much the first year and some other things that we needed to be able to put towards it as well. I just think, how good's that? That we have a movement that supports us in that way and so obviously we contribute to Australian Christian churches which is obviously a church planning movement and seeing great things happen across the nation as well. I'm excited, I'm proud to be able to give towards that as a church. Also, Jono and Steph McDonald, Lifehouse Fukuoka, We continue to support them, and as we heard from Jono and Steph when they were here they're just about to plant another campus, which is about two hours away from where they are situated at the moment. And it's really exciting to see that taking place and starting to form. I believe in June, that may be the launch date for that. And while some of our our team are over there, they may be able to even go and visit that campus as well, which is really exciting because we have a team that's going over there, about 10 people that's going over there in October to see that and to support that as well, which is really exciting. In fact, you alone, just on the Sunday that Jono and Steph were here recently, you gave two and a half thousand dollars to Jono and Steph on that Sunday alone. <laughs> Come on, how good's that? That's amazing. Okay, so Kevin and Marilyn Brett, we support through pace setters, and we can we've been doing that on a, on a monthly kind of basis as well. And be interesting to see, amazing to see the impact that they're having all around the world as well. Compassion. I'm excited about Compassion in the northern Philippines. At the moment, as it sits, we have 110 sponsor children from City Church that we sponsor around the world. And we have in, in our specific area, there's 35 uh, young people in this northern Philippines area. We've got a team that's going over there in April as well. And that's really exciting. In fact, you've given just to compassion alone in the last six-month period. You've given fifty six thousand um, $56,920 to be exact. You've given towards compassion just in the last six, seven months. And so that's amazing. And... The financial amount is incredible, but one thing that Compassion has said to me is that is really important is that we also write to our sponsor children because it's something, it's that connection that they really, uh, really impacts their life. In fact, there's been many testimonies of young people saying, you know what, throughout the years they've been writing towards their sponsor child and just find out about the love of Jesus and be able to have, know that there's someone that is cheering them on, is actually a really significant thing. And so I encourage you to do that. You can do that online. And so the total figure amount given in dollars towards missions in this last seven-month period has been $132,000, $46.18. Incredible. $132,000 in this last six-seventh-month period. I don't know whether you understand People said, this is just a small church in the Blue Mountains. People are just comfortable there. They just want to just live about their lives. They're just about themselves, just escaping the city, and they just want to live in the Blue Mountains. That's what people told me. But you give $132,000 in six months to missions alone? That is incredible. I think we can lift our eyes a bit higher and believe we could give a million dollars in total by 2025. $1 million towards missions alone by 2025. I believe we could do that. This is helping people all around the world. This is the kind of good news story that the church is about. We're not just about ourselves and about lights and sound and all of those things which are great for our local missions here, but we're about seeing people all around the world be able to be reached. And I just think what an incredible thing that we've seen that. We've seen a vision kind of outlined from missions and we've seen this incredible amount. This is just a seventh month period. Now, fair enough, it's been over Christmas and all of those areas, where we do a lot of mission stuff leading up to it, so don't expect it to double in the next five months or anything like that. But it's just incredible to be able to see what has been achieved. And I just believe that the best days are ahead for missions. Wouldn't it be incredible to be able to just stand and celebrate in 2025, we've given $1 million to missions around the world. I think what an impact we could make together as the church of Jesus Christ. I think it's really, really exciting. And so as you can see on your seat, there's missions cards there, there's pledge cards there. We will receive an offering at the end of the services we do at every month just to receive that, to go towards missions. There's no pressure whatsoever. You're welcome to do that. You can take the pledge card away and have a think about what you can contribute towards that. And obviously when we get to our annual report in uh, July, I'll give an annual report on what the figure has been and what we've achieved in that time. But I just think. The best days are ahead. So right now, I just wanted to pray for all of the people that are going on missions trips. And so we've got our Philippines and Japan trips. I just want to invite those people that are going to those trips to come up on stage. I'd love to pray for every single one of these uh, people that are going. Come on, quickly come up onto the stage, onto the platform, and we'd love to pray for you. So we have a team going over to the Philippines to see the work of of compassion over there from the 23rd to the 29th of April. I believe there's eight or nine people going to that. And then we have on the 27th of September through to the 9th of October, we have the Japan trip which is taking place. And uh, just, just on these trips alone, these people that are on the platform here are, are investing, and this isn't included in the figure that I've read out, but they're investing about $55,000 between them to be able to cover the, the costs of the travel and flights and all the things, and so there's obviously a huge sacrifice that they are making as they get ready to go on these trips and prepare for them. They've got payments due all throughout that time. And I just think it's exciting because I know that there's going to be something that they catch on these trips and they're going to bring the life and the light of Jesus Christ into these areas that they go. So would you stand with me this morning and let's reach out our hands together today and let's pray for this incredible team of people. Lord, I just thank you right now. For these people, Lord God, that have set aside time, set aside finances, Lord God, to be able to go towards either uh, Japan or over to the Philippines, Lord God, and be able to go on this missions trip. Lord, I pray that it would do something in them that is significant, Lord God. That it would bring a transformation on the inside of their life. But even more than that, that that would overflow, Lord God, as they're in these countries, Lord Jesus. That they would see Your hand of blessing and favor. They would see miracles take place, Lord God. They would see supernatural connections take place, Lord Jesus. We'd see salvations, Lord God, and time and time again, miracle after miracle on these trips. And Lord, I pray for all the financial provision, Lord God, that they need leading up to the trip that you would supply all that they need in jesus name i pray for your favor and your blessing on all that they need as they prepare and we thank you for the impact that's going to be had in your mighty name jesus amen amen come on give these guys a huge hand we appreciate you awesome so good you may be seated so there's plenty of stuff happening arise and go It's incredible to see the impact that you are already making around the world and I believe that's only going to increase. But here's the thing, we can do missions all around the world, but God's called us to reach the people that are right in front of us also. We all have a mission field. We don't have to go overseas on a missions trip to be able to realize there's a mission field. You can walk straight out of the doors of this building this morning and your mission field is there. We all have a part to play, and we've been talking about this whole topic of being able to arise. Arise and shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. I just did a, a sneaky kind of look to see what happened at the Hillsong Vision Sunday over this last week, and we've obviously been doing it, we're in our third week, but last weekend they had their Vision Sunday as well. To my surprise, Brian Houston, pastor of Hillsong Church, gets up on stage Opens his Bible to Isaiah chapter 60. Starts talking to the church about, Arise, Australia. We're called to arise. I thought, you're one week late. But I just think, isn't it incredible? I think there's something happening in the church of Australia. There's something that's happening across the nation at the moment. I believe there's revival that's going to happen in Australia. I believe that there's hearts that are opening up. There's people, there's prodigals that are going to come home. I believe it's a time for the church to arise. It's the time for us to stand up and not just stay seated, not just stay stationary, but to arise and to go. God has called us to go. We've talked about that. We've talked about how foreigners will rebuild the walls. We've talked about how we are all called to arise and build. In Isaiah 60, verse 15, it says, Although you have have been forsaken and hated with no one traveling through, I will make you the everlasting pride and the joy of all generations. I love that thought that the church in Australia, although people may have said, no, culture's moved on. People may have said, no, nah, look, church isn't for me. God is not for me. That there would be a time, as is prophesied here in Isaiah chapter 60, that people would turn back to Jesus Christ. That there would be an awakening in the church. That There would be some kind of excitement and enthusiasm amongst the people in our communities to say, you know what? There's got to be more to life than this. And the church would be there with open arms, ready to receive them. I love in Isaiah 18 verse 22, as it goes along, it says, no longer... Will violence be heard in your land, nor ruin or destruction within your borders, but you will call your walls salvation, and your gates praise. The sun will no more be your light by day, nor will the brightness of the moon shine on you, for the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory, and to God be all the glory that our church would just be about reflecting the light of Jesus Christ in our community, in wherever God has called us to be. We've all got to make the decision to arise. There's obstacles for every single one of us that stop us from going. There's obstacles in front of every single one of us that stop us from Reading our Bible, that stop us from praying, that stop us from spending time with God. Has anybody ever noticed, as soon as you open up the Bible to read it, you suddenly feel tired? Or is that just me? <laughs> There's obstacles that are always there. There's obstacles of fear to stop us from going out to reaching other people. Do you know in the Bible, where Je- when Jesus said to his disciples, go out into all the world and make disciples, He wasn't just saying, go and have some awkward conversations with people. These were people that most of the disciples gave their life as a martyr for Jesus Christ. When he called them to go out into all the world, he called them to a surrendered life. A life that was led by the Holy Spirit. A life that would be called to do great things, but would have a great sacrifice attached to it. I wonder for us whether we could take up the challenge this morning and say, God's called me. I might not end up being a martyr, but every single one of us could reach out towards somebody that's around us. It might just be an awkward conversation. It might be an invite to church. It might be something small like that, but every single thing makes a difference. And we're called to arise and go. So easily we can become comfortable. you know There's this animal called the pronghorn antelope. It has the, it's the second fastest animal on the earth. It can run at incredible speeds. It can jump at heights from six to eight foot high in the air. But yet when it is surrounded by a meter high fence, it will not jump over that fence. It stays in that perimeter. You can see it in zoos. You can see it all around the world. The smallest fence will stop this pronghorn antelope from jumping it. It has all the capacity in the world to easily jump over it. But yet it won't do it because of fear. I wonder in our lives whether we've been stopped from arising and going because of some kind of fear. Because some kind of hindrance from the past. Some kind of thing that's caused us to feel small and to live small. Because I know that on the inside of every single one of us, on the inside of this church, is the capacity to jump over any barrier that the enemy would try and put around us. Inside of you is the ability to be able to achieve the potential and the purpose God has for your life. It actually prophesies it here in Isaiah chapter 60. And so I want to read it to you this morning. A passage that helps us to understand Arise and Go. Out of Isaiah 60 out of the message translation this morning. It says this, Isaiah 60 verse 18. You'll name your main street Salvation Way. Wouldn't that be awesome if the main street, Rusden Road, was just named Salvation Way? You're heading up to City Church, you're heading to Salvation Way. And you'll install Praise Park at the center of town. I love the message translation. You'll have no more need of the sun by day, nor the brightness of the moon at night. God will be your eternal light. Your God will bathe you in splendor. Your sun will never go down. Your moon will never fade. I will be your eternal light. Your days of grieving are over. All your people will live right and well in permanent possession of the land. They're the green shoot that I planted, planted with my own hands to display my glory. The runt will become a great tribe. I love that. The weakling will become a strong nation. I am God. At the right time, I'll make it happen. May I suggest that the time is now, that God wants to see His church arise all throughout the earth and become all that is called to be. I love the scripture that says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. Every one of us has a part to play in this journey. And I just want to speak this morning about three promises God makes to His church if we will arise. And the first one's this number one, Our lives will be a signpost to Jesus. It says, you'll name your main street Salvation Way and install Praise Park at the center of town. Another translation says, you will call your walls salvation and your gates praise. I think it's incredible that we spend so much time on the outsides of our life, the walls of our life, trying to create some kind of appearance towards other people. We can spend so much time on a, a Facebook or an Instagram profile picture. We can spend so much time trying to dress up and look good when we come to church and make sure that we, we look like we've all got it together in front of our work colleagues and other people that are around us. We can spend a lot of time trying to make the walls of our life look beautiful. We can spend a whole bunch of our life trying to make this signpost of our life really more about us than really about Jesus. See, to me, the greatest thing I could ever do with my life is be a signpost towards Jesus. The greatest thing I could ever do with my life is make sure that everything that I do points people to him. That's what it's all about. The problem is sometimes we start making the signpost about us, pointing to our successes, pointing to our status pointing to our level of employment or leadership or influence. And we start looking at all the things that we have done and we point people towards ourselves instead of pointing people towards Jesus. There's something so powerful about understanding the truth of Jesus Christ. What if our lives pointed towards Jesus instead of ourselves? What if City Church was so much about Jesus that you couldn't have a conversation with someone from City Church, without somehow in the conversation, it just seems like they just point towards this person called Jesus Christ that's changed their life. What if the way that we lived our life was so incredible and dynamic, the way that we lived our life was so inspiring to other people that they thought to themselves, you know what, I want to go to this church called City Church and check it out because there's this person they keep talking about called Jesus Christ that just seems too good to be true. What if our community understood about Jesus because City Church was just always pointing towards Jesus? We pointed towards Jesus in our hampers. We pointed towards Jesus in our Operation Christmas Child boxes. We pointed towards Jesus in our angel tree, uh, gifts that we gave towards the community. We pointed towards Jesus in our finance towards helping people in our local community find hope and answers. What if in all of those ways, all we were doing, we thought it was finances, but we realized actually It was always about pointing people to Jesus. It was always about representing Jesus Christ well. It says in Luke 19 verse 10, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. That word save means sozo. It's the kind of salvation that transforms your life. Sozo. That you would be saved, redeemed, restored, equipped. You would find hope and answers in Jesus Christ. That salvation word is the word that is on our hearts. It's the word that saved every single one of us from our sins. It's the word that's given us hope and answers that we can find in Jesus Christ alone. That we would be a church that points towards the salvation of Jesus Christ. I used to have friends when I grew up in Singleton in the Hunter Valley that used to go around stealing signposts. And they would steal the street signs from different streets and so you get towards the street people would be looking on their gps for this street and they could not find what street it was because they would take that street sign and the street sign surrounding it and then they would hang them up at home and they had this garage out the back and they and they hung up all these signs at the back really confusing for people because people could never find out where they were meant to be the streets they were meant to be on wasn't legal wasn't the right thing to do But I wonder at times whether we kind of hide the sign of pointing people towards Jesus and salvation in our own life. We can steal it away because of our own fears. We can steal it away because of our own insecurities. And something that should be front and center, something that should be so obvious for our life as a Christian, as people that have faith in Jesus Christ, can sometimes be swept away. Can I suggest that this morning those days are over? That we're going to arise and go that we're called and we're going to go out and say, you know what, we're going to stand up in the calling God has for every single one of us. You know, in a superficial culture, depth is powerful. And then we have a real faith in Jesus Christ that is not just on a Sunday, but is something that we seek out His presence. We spend time with Him through the week, that every day we seek after Him in His Word. Something happens on the inside of us that means we cannot stay the same. We can't be comfortable anymore. We have to take this message that's so powerfully impacting us and take it out to the world. Paul said it this way, Christ's love compels me. I can no longer just rest. I can no longer just sit in a seat on Sunday and, and put my hands up for a few minutes in the worship song. Something happens on the inside of me where I've got to take this message. I've got to take what God's done in me, this sozo life, this salvation life, and I've got to take it to the community. Because I've only got such a small space of time. And there's something about a Christian with depth. When there's real character there. When God's really done a transformation on the inside of you that is so attractive to other people. They don't even realize it. They don't care so much. Do you know what? Oh, I think one of the biggest lies of our generation is that they're all about the lights and the sound and the presentation. They're actually not. I believe a generation's coming through that they're just looking for depth. They're so used to the superficial. They're so used to all of the excellence. They see it every single way. They're looking for what's real. Yeah. Is God a supernatural God? Where's a miracle? Yeah. Can God really save me from this depression and the, and the things that seem to be ensnaring my life? Experience and encounter Jesus and let it change. Yeah. The excitement of the event is over. They want the real, deep relationship. Don't misunderstand the new generation coming through. They're looking for Authenticity. They're not looking just for some kind of show. And I think every one of us are looking for that. We're looking for genuine. We're looking for it to be real. And that's what makes a true difference. You know, some of the strongest trees have the strongest root structure underneath the ground. What's not seen is way more important than what's seen. What's going on in your life when it comes to arising and going? Are you building deep foundations in your life so you're prepared to be able to go out And reach other people and be able to make an impact for Jesus. As I was preparing this message, I was thinking about the passage in Luke chapter 21 which talks about the disciples going out on this boat and they had this whole night of fishing where they caught nothing. And then Jesus just walks out onto the water and Peter and the disciples are there on the boat and Jesus just walks along the water. Let's not mistake that miracle. He's not on a boat. He's literally just walking on water. And they're like, who is this guy? Who is that? And Jesus says, hey, listen, cast your net out onto the other side. And they said, we've been fishing all night and we've caught nothing. And Jesus says, cast it out on the other side. And they do that and they get this incredible amount of fish. Just from nowhere in a moment, this incredible supernatural amount of fish is caught. And I really felt in my spirit as I was preparing for this message to say this to some people this morning, cast the net again. There has been some people that you've been praying for, that you've been believing for, that you've been there all night. It's felt like I've been praying, I've been believing. They haven't come home. They're a prodigal. They're a son. They're a daughter. There's someone I've been believing God for. I've been praying for this person at work and they've just given me nothing. And I just felt this morning to say to you, cast the net again. Perhaps it's time for God to do a supernatural miracle. Perhaps it's time where the the seed is ready, the harvest is ready. Perhaps it's time where God's been doing something on the inside of their heart and the time is now. Do not grow weary in doing good for at the right time you will reap a harvest if you do not faint. Have you got the ability? Have you got the courage? Have you got the strength to try again? Cast the net again. Those people that say, I'm never going to go to church. Why not try it again? I love in John 4 verse 38, Jesus said, I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work and now you will gather the harvest. What a promise. That God's doing things all the time. He's using people. Perhaps somewhere on that chain, there's a moment where someone's ready to receive salvation in Jesus Christ. And you'll receive the harvest of that as you just have the courage to have a conversation with someone to go out again. The second thing is this. Our lives will shine the light of Jesus. It says in Isaiah chapter 60 verse 19, You'll have no more need of the sun by day nor the brightness of the moon at night. God will be your eternal light. Our God will bathe you in splendor that the light of Jesus would shine and reflect of us. My little boy Cooper has this little outfit, these pajamas that he wears that are this skeleton that glows in the dark. And so before he goes to bed at night, he asks you to go up, get a torch, get the light off your phone, and put it all over his pajamas so that when the lights are turned on, that it will reflect and it will glow as it's meant to glow. If you don't do that, if you don't put the light on it, then it doesn't glow as it's meant to glow. But it's incredible, as you put the light all over this, you turn the lights off, and there he is, sure enough, this little skeleton running around in his room in the dark. And you're trying to get him to jump up into his bed, and he's laying there in his bed looking at the skeleton on his torso. <laughs> but there's something incredible about that. Come on, shout me down. There's something incredible about that. That when you, when you start to understand that when you spend time in the light, it actually starts to reflect off your life. When you spend time in the presence of Jesus Christ, you don't stay the same. Something happens that you start to glow. It says in this passage that our light would shine, that we'd be bright, that we would reflect the glory of Jesus Christ. And I wonder whether we could have the courage to say, God, I just want to get in your presence and let you do something on the inside of me that changes me and that changes the course of destinies that are around me. Because they would see something is different about me. Something is different about you. I love just going for a walk. And I I just did this last night. And just going and spending time with God. Put my hood on. I put my... Uh, music in my ears. I just listen to worship and I just, I just walk along around the windy streets of Glenmore Park and I just pray. Mainly I'm just praying that I'll actually be able to find my way home. But, uh, and I just walk around and I just walk around these windy streets and I just pray. and I just spend time with God. But you know in those moments, I'm not a leader. I'm not a husband. I'm not a dad. I'm not any other title you want to give I'm just a son spending time with His heavenly Father. And I love being a dad. And I love being your pastor. And I love all the things that I do. I absolutely love. I feel like the most blessed person on the earth. I'm blessed with an incredible wife. I am blessed. But in those moments, all those things are stripped away. And I'm just a son. And there's just something so beautiful about just spending time in the presence of God. And just praying. And just talking to Him. And mostly what I do is just listen. Because half of the problem with me is just getting me, myself to just be quiet. <laughs> Stop talking and listen. And just being reminded again of how much God loves me and the purpose he has for my life and who he is to me. And there's something that you just cannot replicate from that. You can't even replicate it in a service or anything. It's just personal time with God that shapes you and does something on the inside of you. Can I encourage you? Let's all have that kind of time with God where we just allow the light of Jesus to shine on us so that when we go, we go different. You know, every one of us has a part to play. I read this this week. The pinky finger gives 50% of the strength of your hand. So if you lose your pinky finger, you lose 50% of the strength in your hand. It talks about in Scripture how we are the body of Christ and that every part from big to small has a part to play. And may I suggest that even the pinky has a bigger part to play than sometimes we give it credit for. Even the person that's serving it on the host, the person that's handing out flyers, the person that is here early making coffees, the person that's looking after to make sure why this service is happening, that your cars are protected, that the, the property's looked after as the service takes place. All of those people, every one of us has a part to play. And it might feel small, Perhaps you're in your workplace and you're having a conversation that's awkward, and it's uncomfortable, telling people what you did on the weekend, I went to church. People are like, oh, and that creates a conversation. It might feel so small and so insignificant, but if we all do it together, imagine the impact that that could have. If we all understood that we could all make a difference, that we're all called to arise and go. See, strength is for service, it's not for status. And what God's gifted you with is to serve Him and to serve other people. And third and finally this morning, our lives will sprout with influence for Jesus. That's a promise. Isaiah 60 verse 21, it says, There the green shoot that I planted, God speaking, planted with my own hand to display my glory. The runt will become a great tribe. The weakling will become a strong nation. I am God. See, what God started in you, He's going to carry out to completion. I believe there's some people here this morning that you had a dream, you had a desire in your heart to see increase in influence, and perhaps it hasn't happened. But I believe that you can be reminded again this morning with this promise that God is calling you to sprout. God is calling you to have influence. He's causing you to break out of the normal and do something significant. He's going to cause the increase. I believe over City Church this morning, these promises are true. That we're a green sprout. That something's starting to come up out of the surface. And God's developing and growing something. He's developing influence. He's doing something in our lives that's going to come out and become a great tree that people can find rest and hope in. The runt will become a mighty nation. I love how it talks about the small will become a thousand. What are you being faithful in right now? That as you're planting seeds, you're believing for a harvest. You'll never have the harvest if you don't plant the seeds. If you be faithful with planting the seeds, I promise you, God's word is true that he will bring about the harvest. As we invest in people's lives, as we sow into the people that are around us and in our community, let's trust God that he's going to bring a supernatural increase upon City Church and into your life. Perhaps it's financial for you this morning. It's things that you're believing for. Believing for it to sprout. Believing for God's favor and God's supernatural increases on your finances so that you could just have a greater impact. That's what I believe for City Church. There's so much need financially. I'd love us to be able to give a million dollars even more by 2025. I'd love us to be able to pay off the mortgage by 2030. $1.4 million i would love us to be able to upgrade our sound system as we've talked about. It's about $60,000. There is great vision. And I believe God could just do a miracle. I just kind of believe that God could start to sprout. He could start to do something that starts to grow, that has a momentum flow on effect, that we would see the supernatural hand of God in our finances as a church, but also individually in your finances. What are you believing for? What's small right now that you're believing for God's hand to come upon that you'd see great influence and great favor. So you were made to grow. Your physical body was made to grow. You came out as a baby, but you were never intended to stay as a baby. You were made to grow. And God wants to grow your thinking. He wants to grow your faith. He wants to grow your integrity and your character. He wants to grow you in every single way. And if you spend time with Jesus, you'll ultimately Rome. What did they say about the disciples? They're unschooled, ordinary men, but it was obvious they had been with Jesus. Your qualification is that you've been with Jesus. I love qualifications, I love people advancing and moving forward and education and all these different areas, and that is an incredible thing. But let's never forget the power of Jesus Christ to be able to bring about a miracle as we sow seeds and trust Him to bring the increase. I love seeing people flourish. It's probably my favorite thing. I love when someone preaches on this platform for the first time and they nail it. I love it more than preaching myself. I just think, this is so good. I just love being a cheerleader to that. I love when someone just buys their first home. I love when someone buys an investment property or they do something significant that's taken time and seasons to work through, that's taken sacrifice and hard stuff. Often people sow into missions and then they see some kind of increase in their life that's maybe unexpected and God just comes true in a supernatural way. I just love seeing people with their faith grow and expand. And I just think that for this church, City Church, that God's going to bring supernatural increase and we're going to see His favor upon it. Matthew 13, verse 31, it says, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. What a beautiful picture of our community coming to find hope in Jesus Christ and finding shelter and finding comfort, finding nourishment here at City Church as we sow seeds and believe for the increase of heaven. Come upon this house and become upon your life. So, three promises our lives will be a signpost to Jesus, our lives will shine the light of Jesus, and our lives will sprout with influence for Jesus. May I suggest that we could say it this way City church will be a signpost to Jesus, city church will shine the light of Jesus in dark places, and city church will sprout with influence for Jesus. Arise and go. But we thank you for this word this morning. I pray you'd call every one of us to arise and go. Our sphere of influence, where you've called us to, the dream that's specific to our life, What you've put upon us, Lord God, our individual giftings and our individual talents, Lord God, combine these together and, Lord, what could you achieve in this community? What could you achieve in the Blue Mountains and beyond? What could happen? if we just trusted you, that if we truly did arise as you've called us to, that your promises are true, Lord God, and that you would bring about great salvations, Lord Jesus. You'd bring about great miracles in our midst, Lord Jesus. You'd bring about great momentum, Lord God, and the church would arise and become the Isaiah 60 church that you've called us to be, that you prophesied from the Old Testament to the new, from yesterday to today. Lord God, I thank you that there is a purpose for this church. There is a purpose for our lives. Lord, help us to rise up and understand who you are and what you've called us to do. In your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I love that part of that verse that says, your name will be Salvation Street. I'm going to finish the service now with praying a a salvation prayer. This prayer is simple. It's a simple prayer asking God to come near our hearts. I'll never skip over this because it's the most important thing we do. And in fact, I believe in increasing numbers that we're going to see people find salvation in this moment in our church. So it's not a trivial moment. It's not a moment we rush past or quickly duck out so we can get our first coffee. It's a moment we say, you know what, this is why we exist. And so right now as I I pray this prayer, I ask you today, where's your heart? Do you have a true, genuine, authentic relationship with Jesus? Do you need to make an adjustment where perhaps you need to come back to that first love? Like a son or a daughter with a father. Heavenly Father loves you so much. His grace is towards you. He wants to know you intimately and genuinely. So this morning as I pray this prayer, if that's you and you want to receive Jesus into your heart, why don't you just repeat this after me. We're going to pray it together as a church family. Pray this prayer from your heart. Let's believe for God to do something powerful in our lives this morning. Dear Lord Jesus, today I give you my heart. I want this sozo life, this salvation life. I choose to live for you for my sin I'm sorry thank you for your grace thank you for your forgiveness and thank you I'm a child of God help me to live each day for you and grow in my relationship with you in Jesus name Amen 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 we're about to finish the service this morning but before we do I just wanted to give an opportunity for people to be able to give towards missions this morning. We're going to sing one song and then we're going to close. And so you can see on your seat there's an opportunity there for you to take this away a pledge card or think about how you could contribute towards missions in into 2019 and beyond. And I'm just going to ask you just to prepare your hearts and to be able to give if you if you want to give this morning, no pressure at all whatsoever. And then we're going to sing one more song and conclude the service this morning. So Lord, I just thank you for all of the missions endeavors that we support, Lord God, projects, local, national, international. I thank you for the 132,000 seeds that have been sowed. And Lord, I pray, Lord God, for them to have great fruit, great impact, and bring about a great harvest. As we sow out, Lord Jesus, I pray that you you would bring increase here, Lord God, and around the world. In your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.